1: Take your heart pills and and buckle up. This is the Rich Eisen
0: Show. take your heart pills now. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Buckle up.
1: Hope that works for you, Rich. Best <laughs> I could do on short notice.
0: The Rich Eisen Show.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Today's guests: Texas A&M football head coach Jimbo Fisher, QB Summit founder Jordan Palmer,
2: Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, plus actor Liam Neeson. And now. It's Rich Eisen. Yeah, that's
0: that's right. We have Jimbo Fisher and Liam Neeson on the same television show and radio show. That's how we're rolling into this Friday before the NFL Draft Week here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on this three-hour simulcast here on a Friday on NBC Sports on Peacock and then NBC Sports Sirius XM Channel 85. NBC sports audio. We're thrilled to be here also on our terrestrial radio affiliates um, network from coast to coast. We're thrilled also to be here on Odyssey, our podcast listeners, wherever your podcasts can be acquired, youtube.com slash rich eyes show for everything that you've missed. Uh, in the first eight years of this program, and then over the next three hours, if you're in and out of uh, your watching and listening, we say, "How dare you?" We should be uh, <laughs> you should be
2: captivated by every word that comes out of our mouths. Good Take to see over with there, you over there, Chris Brockman. Rich, what's, what's going up, man? On? I've got a special set of skills. Let's use them. What is that? Well, I was I was, do, I was doing a taken thing with Blee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I will find you. I will find you. Uh, good to see you over there, Jay Felly. Hey, How are up, you? As, uh,
0: DJ Mikey D is out of his chair once again today. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson, lighting the candle. It's good to be seen, Rich. Um, hey, man, um, you know who looks pretty damn great and uh, championship quality? Uh, I would say Golden State Warriors are back. <laughs> Now, you can say, where'd they go? Where'd they go? They went uh, They went out due to injury. They went out with Clay's Achilles. They went out with, Clay, uh, Dr- uh, I guess, Durant's Achilles. A lot of Achilles that they've been dealing with. Um, but who, over the first week of the NBA playoffs, playing game tournament, et cetera, so on and so forth, looks the championship part? You could say there's a team in Philadelphia that's up 3 0. You Facts. can say that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you could also say the Miami Heat's up two zero. They look good. the The Celtics look good. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. They they look good. I think they look great. Especially Memphis considering who they're beating. Memphis Grizzlies have won two in a row after dropping that first one of the Timberwolves. Looked like that they were going to be down two one, and they went on some huge roll last crazy. night, right? How about the uh, Dallas Mavericks doing what they're doing without Luca? They're up two one on the on the Jazz. Shock. All right, there. That's a pretty. Uh, that's a pretty good one. Uh, the Bucks, without uh, Middleton, now for the foreseeable future, they've got a, a Donny Brook on their hands against in the uh, the Chicago Bulls. They're in trouble, right? Yeah, they're in trouble. But who just looks the part? Because not only the way that they're filling it up, but the way that they're shutting it down when the game's on the line, and who's doing it with the old familiar faces who have won before? Who's doing that? I'd be your Golden State Warriors. How about twenty six for Clay, twenty seven for Curry, and then you've got Jordan Poole. What? Did, now I could say what did I tell you? It's like the you know the rest of the league has eyes and ears too. <laughs> yeah, you didn't discover no, Jordan. I, 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 no, of course not. <laughs> but but um, look out is what I said at the beginning of these playoffs that he's about to shine and show up and shine out, and he's gonna he's gonna be the one to tell everybody that there's trouble certainly (laughs) if Clay is catching and shooting like he did last night in Denver certainly if Steph uh, is the best player ever on a minutes restriction (laughs) right Right. in the history of minutes restrictions he's the greatest player in the history of minute restrictions I I (laughs) didn't see
2: the beginning of the game did Steph start or did he come off the bench
0: bench. and he he was uh, on the old minutes restriction and then by the end, you know, the Nuggets fans, as he is driving the lane on Jokic, who had an incredible game last night, a great finish from him last night, as he's driving the lane on him and lays it in and then puts everyone to sleep, which my kids love. They, they had never seen the, the, <laughs> the night-night night. before, especially <laughs> since it was late at night. And I'm like, guess what uh, Guess what? <laughs> Steph, Steph just told you two <laughs> Night-night. It's time for bed. Is
2: that, um, my house you know, see, see you
0: later. Night-night. Um, when Curry's doing that, and then Draymond Green plays defense in the crucial moment the way that he did and he facilitates in the way that he's facilitating you've got hall of famers in curry and clay and yes draymond okay and now it appears the warriors have been bestowed upon them a new generationally talented brilliant player and i can say this because i saw it in college too I know you could say it's real early. He still has to show a little bit more. We'll see what happens as the crucible of the playoffs um, begin to get a little tighter because the Warriors are going to move on. Nobody's ever come back from a three-game deficit, a 3-0 deficit like that.
2: I don't know how much more I really need to see. This guy did it for most of the regular season, and now he's 3-for-3 in playoff games. He was 9-of-13 last night. That is about as efficient as it gets from a perimeter player. This guy's already awesome.
0: And we didn't even mention Wiggins and Iguodala jamming it down like he's a rookie. I mean, they looked the part last night. They looked the part. They have some obvious matchup issues. Of course they do. Certainly if Draymond's the one who's got to guard Jokic in an end of a game like that, but he comes up with the steal.
1: Yeah.
0: And he facilitates. and the And the team has terrific free throw shooters. So if you put them in the bonus in the fourth quarter, they're going to close you out too, even though they did have some trouble making some free throws last night in the fourth quarter. They look championship quality, guys. Look out. If the Suns aren't full speed, and they're not, and the Bucks aren't full speed, and they're the defending champs, I'm telling you what—you got to look out for this team playing the way that they are playing, with the guys that they have, feeling the way that they
2: do. Look out! And Notice the thing too is, served. guys, is Vegas is now agreeing with what you said all season long, really, and when the playoffs started, Warriors were ten to one before the playoffs to win the championship. They are now the favorite at plus two eighty. Damn.
0: Damn. Okay just call me Richie Sheridan over here man
2: that is an old school reference I know that
0: <laughs> well that was the last time I gambled
2: you were getting bocky. you were getting lines at of USA today yeah,
0: I was reading my <laughs> name in boldface by Rudy Martski, <laughs> being new at ESPN then I turned the page let's <laughs> live literally... that's, that's the knows.
2: truth a Danny Sheridan reference
0: thank you so much made, everybody man. I did uh, I did just do that <laughs> But at least I didn't call myself the Greek. It. I didn't call I, myself I the Greek.
2: It. I appreciated it.
0: So that's the top story in the NBA. Um, in the NFL, look, folks, um, we can talk about Instagram scrubbing's all we want. When it all comes down to it, if a player and a team want to be together and the team gives the player the money to stay He's going to stay. Okay. And Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, as we know, uh, ever since he scrubbed his Instagram accounts, uh, on the outset of the uh, Super Bowl week, they've been at the forefront. I mean, it happened the Monday of Super Bowl week, and then the Monday or Tuesday of Combine week is when the manifesto from Kyler Murray's agent that I've kept. I'm going to keep this on my desk until Murray signs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because Murray's going to sign. He's going to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. And the latest example of showing this is uh, Steve Kime, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, yesterday in his pre-draft meeting with the media, with now one week to go, we're now six days away from the NFL draft, was asked if Kyler Murray was going to be traded. And this was his answer.
2: There's been a lot of
0: speculation out there, the possibility of you guys trading Kyler. Could, could you can you rule that out? Zero chance. There you go. It wasn't the we don't have we have no intention of trading him. No. Um, it wasn't the uh, John Robinson of the Tennessee Titans talking about AJ Brown yesterday, saying, "What do you say? We uh, there is no no plans to trade him or something along those lines."
2: Yeah. You? It was one of those expected to. Uh...
0: Yeah. Uh, no chance is what he says. No chance. Okay. And um, Kyler Murray then uh, responded to a tweet from Ian Rappaport, my NFL media group compadre, who tweeted that out. Uh, he wrote 100, 100%, zero chance. And then Patrick Peterson Peterson, Peterson. has his own, he's got his own pod. Oh. Uh, he had Chase Edmonds. Right. I guess it was a former Arizona Cardinal convention on, on his podcast. Oh, wow. And they were talking about what's going wrong in Arizona and what's been wrong in Arizona. And, and the conversation was about that Kyler Murray's not going to sit around and wait for the Cardinals to put him into a position to be successful year after year. And... um Tyler Murray responds to the concept of him playing elsewhere. I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. A Z is home. Okay, now I don't understand the whole business of not putting Kyler Murray in a position to be successful. Who the hell goes <laughs> yeah. and who the hell goes and gets DeAndre yeah. Hopkins acquired for him? And then A.J. Green signed, and then Zach Ertz acquired and James Conner and so on and so forth. I I I don't understand. Position, he's been put in the position to win, and then the coach who puts the the uh, the game plan together—it it makes no sense. And then the and then the general manager is like, "Let's go get JJ Watt. Let's draft that Simmons kid. Let's—I mean, the team's there. That's been the problem in Arizona is the team's there. They they were the 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 last remaining undefeated team last year. They had a two-game lead in division and blew it. The question is, is why do they blow it? That's been the issue is why do they blow it? Because it's been set up to win. But the way I take it is Kyler Murray's response to all of those is that money is being shown or the intention of showing the money is being is on the table. Ah, mm. uh, well, why else? Why change else? Change in attitude. I, I mean, change why attitude. else that, that signs are pointing to the, what, the magic eight ball? You know, <laughs> Kyler Murray. God, I love the Magic 8-ball. Magic 8-ball, eight eight ball, <laughs> Magic 8-ball. <eight> <laughs> Come on, give me the answer I want. Is Kyler Murray going to resign yeah, yeah, with it. the Cardinals? He just said flat out yes, kind of the same way that there was an yeah. answer no. Of course not going to be traded. Flat out yes, not even signs pointing to yes, even though right now the 100 means signs pointing to yes that the signing is going to happen, or he's confident is coming, or the money has been shown on the table with an intention of like, look, we're not going to surprise you after the draft with you trying to force this before the draft. We're not going to surprise you after the draft with such a low-ball offer that you're going to hold out. That's the way I'm reading this thing. Could be wrong. Otherwise, you know, because Kyler Murray is not um, shied away from using all of the levers to to express his displeasure. Certainly on social media. Which he took to yesterday many times to respond. Including one to uh, our our competition, who not surprisingly right now is showing the tweet in response to his video oh, right now as it. predicted. Nice. So again... <laughs> Note to well done. Uh, star athletes: well done. Um, When you, and I tweeted this out. When you respond to somebody giving an opinion you don't like or you think is unfair, and you respond to that opinion, you're putting it on my radar screen. Okay, so you're 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 widening the uh, reach of this opinion, and the person who has this opinion is not going to sit there and go, "Huh, maybe I was wrong, huh?" Maybe I should rethink the way I come up with my opinions. Huh. Maybe I should look in the mirror. The answer is no. Jackpot. Yeah. Jackpot. You should do that. <laughs> so I'm taking a look at, again, Kyler Murray. Indicating to all of us that this is going to get done. The general manager like, there's no chance we're trading him. No chance he's going to get traded. They say they're going to take care of him, and I think they've already indicated at some point the method by which or the a number or amount that they're in an area code of are taking care of him, and thus 100. This is my home. Otherwise, the draft's next week. Why wouldn't they be ratcheting up the pressure? Which could happen next week anyway. 'Cause the hell going on, this is the hell going on, month. Like next month, yeah. next week he could be uh saying I want out, I want to be on the trading block. But
2: Yeah, but I think you're right. It doesn't seem like it's I don't know. It's just
0: weird that he now. would take to social media, and I know that makes the point of 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 many out there about his uh immaturity level or anything like that. But he wants to stay put. And I will tell you this. If Murray goes, let's just finish up this way. If Murray goes, and I don't think it's going to happen. Murray goes, Russ is already gone. Debo Samuel is saying he doesn't want to be back either. The Los Angeles Rams are sitting back like red are back with their hands behind their heads and a cigar all lit up, feet on the desk, Cooper Cup is in line for a big-time contract redoing. He's at voluntary team workouts. Didn't Matthew he, Stafford didn't got— he
2: say, too, he, he's not going to, like, break the bank for the Rams or anything? He's just going to—whatever, fair.
0: Matthew Stafford has been re-signed at a rate that makes the Cousins contract look ridiculous or even more ridiculous than it is. Aaron Donald didn't retire. Sean McVay's not in a booth. Bobby Wagner has shown up to be behind Aaron Donald. He was here this week, and his calves are real and spectacular, (laughs) as you saw on this program.
2: I'm doing calf raises right now. Jalen Ramsey
0: is there. Allen Robinson has been added. They're the defending world champs, and they're sitting back cackling because they still have draft picks that they haven't effed and that they're going to use next week. And the rest of the copycat league... The rest of the copycat league is going to try what the Rams have done, which is F all them picks and spend a bunch of money on, the, on, on free agents that they think fits, and they're not going to be as good at it as less need is as good at it, and the roster isn't going to be as ready to add those players and the, they, as the Rams were ready to add those players, and those picks that they're going to F, they are going to really use, need to use and not have. So, the Rams' blueprint isn't as copyable as people think. So, on the bright side for Arizona Cardinals fans, I think Murray's going to get done. On the other side, though, if it doesn't, and Debo doesn't, and Seattle's already out of the business of having a star quarterback for the moment,
2: (laughs) this has been a great first few weeks for the Rams, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, suddenly the AFC West has gone from hands down the best division in the NFL to now like, oh, man, what's going on? The NFC
0: West you're talking NFC about. West, the AFC yeah. West is now the hands now, down that's the best. That's what I mean. Right.
2: It's just kind of flip flopped
0: Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial. Jimbo Fisher is first up here on the program. Um, and uh, we'll talk to the Texas A&M head coach six days before the draft. And uh, we'll talk to him about his thoughts on the draft and the state of college football and maybe uh, a little bit of sliced bread, mm. which uh, is not his favorite term, if you remember, from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Evan Neal is the top prospect on so many people's draft boards, period. But he might not. He's probably not going to be the first overall pick in the draft. The dynamite left tackle from Alabama. He's on the program. Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer is on the program. He is the uh quarterback throwing guru. And Liam Neeson's on the program for crying out loud. Yeah. I will find you. <laughs> Liam Neeson is on the program and we'll tell We're you black. what he's coming on to talk about as well. You should be here on our docket as well, eight four four two zero four rich number to dial. It's a Friday, so what's more likely and TJ's big-ass grab bag still to come? Holler. Let's take a break, so we're on time relatively for the head coach of Texas A&M football, Jimbo Fisher, when we come back. on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards, only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people, or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. Helpful and the best of all friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Jimbo Fisher here on the Rich Eisen Show back here on our program. So uh have you had your spring game? Is that yes, all done? Yeah, we, we
1: had we had it too. We had it on April 9th. We did we did ours a little bit earlier.
0: All right. Well how was your pro day like then?
1: It was very good. We had a lot of we had a lot of interest, all the team, we had every every team represented here. To make coaches here, and uh, you know, should have quite a few number of guys that go in the draft. I'm very happy for him next week.
0: Let's pound a table for him. Who do you got? What do you? Who do you think is going to make a, a great professional, Jimbo Fisher? I
1: think Kenyon Green right off the bat. I think the offensive lineman. I think Kenyon has been a he's been a three year starter. I mean, he's a tremendous player who uh, I just think has all the intangibles physically, but mentally and psychologically about he's he's an old school player. How he practices, how he works, and I think I think I think he'll go in the first round. I really do. I think he has a chance to play a long time, and he deserves it. I mean, he has been an outstanding player for us off the bat. DeMarvin Leal is another one who I think has can go in the first round. If not, I think he'll definitely go in the second for sure. I don't mean that depends. but He's a tackle, defensive end, 290-pound guy that can run, play, unbelievably productive for us, was a tremendous player. Basically, he started for two and a half years. He started playing a lot you know, in the middle of his freshman year, but uh, both of them were three years and out. Both juniors that were in the same class were very highly ranked guys that I think uh, there, Michael Clemens, a big defensive end, who I think uh, has a chance to be, who's really moving up the boards. He's long, physical, can play on the edge. Man, plays with a motor, been a tremendous guy for us. Uh, Spiller, Isaiah Spiller, our tailback, uh, three years, basically 1,000 yards every year over 3,000 yards in his career, great out of the backfield catching the ball, pass blocker, can run inside or out. Uh, I think, you know, has a chance to be a really, really outstanding player in that regard. I think Aaron Hansford's a linebacker. So we move from an offensive tight end guy to a, it was really an athletic kind of a push receiver tight end that's really grown into a 240 pound guy that can play inside or outside and rush can cover, athletic. Leon O'Neill is a safety who's played here for four years, started base for two and a half years. That's a it's a really good player for us. Uh, Jalen Weidemeyer, tight end, I think is an outstanding guy that uh, you know big and long and has had three productive years. Was a runner up for the Mackey a couple years. So I mean that group right there just just from that. Uh, that group right there, I think you're going to get quite a few guys, and uh, you know have a chance to have really good pros.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, out of everybody that you saw, you just mentioned um, when I saw him at the combine, Isaiah Spiller looked terrific. He really did, you know. Yeah, he at, does. At it, Isaiah
1: looks good. He produces. He's athletic. You know, he's a team guy. He can do all the facets, and you know I, I think he can be a really good pro.
0: No, I mean because you could see, I mean how running backs and how wide receivers these days in the NFL are. Are, uh, are having more of an impact immediately, I mean, right, yes. off, right after they come off of campus. Why, why would you, from you know, your level looking at the NFL, think that, uh, that this is more of an advent these days?
1: Well, I think? I think the ability up front, I think the game, because there is more athleticism and ability and it's more in space. I think when you're talking about the guys who put their hand in the dirt, that's what I, I still think Kenyon, DeMarvin, and Michael will all be outstanding guys in that group. But I think just from a physical standpoint, I think, you know, when you, I mean, you know, you're, you're, and these guys are coming out early sometimes as 20 year old guys, and all of a sudden you're playing against a 27 year old grown man up front. I think it's a, there's a big physical adjustment that, that can happen. But I think those guys will all make it very clearly. But I think the skill guys, it's more about their skill, their speed, their athleticism than it is sometimes the power, in it, and it's all combined. But I think, and I think it's that way in college too. When you go from high school to pro, the skill guys seem to have an easier jump than the guys who put their hand in the dirt just from the from the physical standpoint of the game.
0: Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M head football coach here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the world of the NIL, um coach because mm-hmm. I know you've been asked quite a bit about it and uh, when your recruiting class came out, there was a big hullabaloo and you even called out a a blogger I think for throwing out there what uh, your school may or may not be doing on this front. What is your school's approach to NIL?
1: Would, when, there are NILs here, but it's, it's probably less than most schools across the board. Where there is not The reason I was saying, they were saying it's the only reason they came, which is not true. And mm-hmm. you can look, our, we have state laws. We're not allowed to do that. And plus, the results of who has them are out there. So we're way below everybody else and where they're at. And people just couldn't, in my opinion, just not understand and appreciate how good Texas A&M is and what we're building. And it, it was a shock to them that we have a number one class. But we've never since we've been here been less than six in the country. We've always been in the top six classes in the country since we've been here. When I was at Florida State, we had multiple number one classes, and we've always been able to recruit well, and I think – you know, is NIL a part of our world? Is it a problem in recruiting? It can be. The portal, all that's going to be a problem. But people were insinuating that's the only reason we got ours. That's what I said. That was the only issue I had with that whole thing. Is That is not it. And that, those are facts that are on the record that you can look up.
0: So when you say problems, what are the problems that you can identify? Well, I mean, identify? I think if,
1: you, if people do get into trying to buy players, if trying to people that are messing with other guys' players in the portal, that it's amazing how some of these guys in the portal, the day they get out, which you're not, they can't have contact with an outside school, but the day they get out of the portal, they've already signed with another school. How does that happen? So, I mean, I think there's tampering with players. I think all those things that go on, and I think people enticed with NILs and the transfer, and it's like, you know, and, and that's the problem in college sports is you don't want that to happen. You do not want that to happen. I'm a big part. I, I'm a true advocate of that, 1,000%.
0: So you don't want what to happen, the ability to just transfer? Anywhere? No, the ability
1: to try to buy players out of right. the portal and entice players to come to your school for money.
2: Hmm.
0: We had Mac Brown of North Carolina, your colleague at North Carolina, Jimbo, on the show a couple weeks ago. He said he's had players walk into his office with a dollar amount and say, this is what I have from another school. If you, if you match it, I'll come here. Has that happened wow. to you?
1: No, I've never had that happen. I haven't had that happen here. Uh, we haven't had we've only had two transfer guys in two years, a left tackle and Max Johnson, the quarterback. The only two transfers we've had. Right. Since this is open and we've had a few guys leave but not many. And then we I haven't never experienced what Max said he did or where a guy walks in and says, Do I does that surprise me? No. <laughs> do I think that goes on? I definitely do.
0: So uh, then, you know, your colleague at, at uh, Clemson, Dabo Swinney, quoted on ESPN saying, quote, I think there's going to be a complete blow-up and restructuring of all college athletics, especially football, and there needs to be. Do you agree with that, Jimbo Fisher? There
1: has to be some adjustments, and, and the rules have to be, because you're, you're diff- you are you're have to have the same rules. Every state has different rules mm-hmm. by by their whatever that is, because I think, you know, most time when you make an adjustment on something, it's ready, aim, shoot. Well, everybody went ready, shoot, aim on this. And so each state started scrambling to make sure their schools were, you know, weren't left behind, and you have a, your rules are not the same across the board. And that, that can't be good for a sport that, it's like every, to think of any, every NFL team had a different way to, to sign free agents or to draft or to do anything else. That wouldn't work in the NFL, so why, why would that work in college?
0: So what's the answer? I mean, who who would be the body to do that, right? Because you, you, you've said it. I mean, I had Nick Saban on last week. He's similar. He's like, it seems everybody, Lane Kiffin, I've had, you know, these are colleagues in the SEC. Everybody wants some sort of level playing field where everybody knows what can be done and what cannot be done. And who who can do that,
1: Jimbo Fisher? That's the question, Rich. I don't know. And it's, cause it's in the court systems. When you get into the court systems, because now you're talking about lawsuits and what can and cannot be done, I'm not – I don't know the law well enough to know that. Mm. I think when you get to that part of it, I think that's where it really complicates kids. because, you listen, do I think kids need a little – yes, they should get some. There's no doubt. But how it gets controlled or what it is or when it is or why it is, I'm not smart enough to figure it out because now you're getting into antitrust laws into, do you have unions? Do you not have unions? I mean, I'm just listening to what people say and things we've... No, seen, I, I said, think you... I, I don't know the answer.
0: I think you're on... it. You, that, that is the ultimate, uh, uh, coach. Like, if you are going to have players compensated, right, although not supposedly for their work, supposedly for their name, image, and likeness that comes from their work, mm-hmm. um, then... And, and then you need to sort of codify what the rules are and what... That would lead to players having a, a union they'd have to certainly if you're going to sign them the contracts right i mean like that's the way it would it would literally professionalize the sport
1: i agree and, and that's but he, that's why i don't understand and, and i'm not smart enough to figure out how does that apply to each individual school by the state laws in which they're in and you know is there, is there state schools there's private schools so i mean how, how do you unify that I'm, I'm not smart enough to understand or know have enough law background to ever Figure that out. Maybe you do, or know somebody no, that does. I no, would,
0: I, I, I've got a, I've got a, uh, an honorary sports law degree. <laughs> that that was never, got. by the way, by the way, that was never signed by the person who, who uh, gave it to me. So <laughs> I'm with you. I,
1: but I, I, that's a great question, Rich. I mean, I'm all for whatever who has that suggestion and who has a, the answer. I mean, and it's easy for us to all go out here and complain. It's like everything. Everybody knows what the problems are, but how to solve them. And I think it's two different things. And I think that's where we have to really get down to and quit all the bickering that, all right let's figure out what we can do and what what are the laws which we can abide by and
0: then i guess how much last one for you on this subject mm-hmm. um well, how much are you as a head coach and then you know at the top of the program's flow chart read into well this player has that deal that player is getting this deal does that is that part of your, no, your process isn't. of knowing
1: no we we in the state of texas we can't. A guy can't even bring a deal to us and say, his "Coach, is this a good deal or a good contract?" Mm. We're not. We're not. I mean, the only time we ever know, and I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you the guys on our team to have them. They have, but they have to file them right. with our compliance office. That's a Texas state law, right? So they can have outside agents to go get them. I mean, and a lot of it has nothing to do with them. They can go get national brands. I know, like uh, I know, like Caleb Williams and some of those guys out in Southern California, they've gotten them off real estate companies. Uh, one of them was with Dr. Dre and Beats, I think. Bryce Young at Alabama has – CAA represents him. He has deals all over the country. Uh, You as a coach, you have no control of that or or interaction with it. And I I couldn't have told you last year who had what.
0: But when it comes to your, your mindset right there, right, when it comes in front of your consciousness, what do you think when you see other kids have those deals elsewhere? What do you think?
1: I mean, well, I'm, that's more power to them. That's the rules in which they're abiding by. I mean, and they're getting, you mm-hmm. know, compensated for what they get compensated for. That's great for them, in my opinion. But I think, like I say, how do you regulate that and how can it stand up for a long time and where does it go? I don't know the answer to that. But I don't have a problem with our players getting compensated. Mm-hmm. Just, it, where, it, where does it be fair and where, you know, where, is, where does that all stop? Okay, and, and how, like you say, the biggest thing, the enticement in recruiting, the enticement in transferring, and all those things, I think that's where your problems occur.
0: Jimbo Fisher here on the Rich Eisen Show. How do you want to fix scheduling? Do you think that that needs to be fixed, too, in college well,
1: football? Well, I like no, 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 just
0: like more uniform, right? Like where everybody, you know, plays the same um, – I don't know, where everybody plays the same stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're, you're where I am. I don't know either. You know what I mean, I'm saying? The like, yes, where... same number of Division One games, yes. The same number of conference games, yes. possibly yes. Right. And I think your large conferences, I think that's going to be a problem going forward because I think schedules can get tainted now. Of You know, because you got so many teams, you get overloaded, at, you know, with a strength of schedule that can happen. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I was just having a conversation with a gentleman here a, bit, a minute ago. Yeah. And trying to – everybody's trying to – and and I'm strong in this because I guess I came from small college football. As a player and as a coach, I worked up through Sanford and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And like Coach Bowden, my background is very similar to Coach Bowden. That's where I'm tied to so much is that you're not playing FCS teams. See, I think you should play one FCS team game a a year. Because if not, how do they have – where is their money and budget going to come from if we all take it to the top Mm -hmm. and keep all the money? Mm -hmm. How do those teams survive? And I'm saying for the betterment of football, because I came and had an opportunity. You're going to take large numbers of scholarships away from kids as opportunities to play and get in college and get a college, not just playing football, a chance to go play pro football, go play whatever it is, but also to get a college education. And if they go away and they, can't, and they all go to non-scholarship football and all that, then you're going to see high school kids not play football because there's not opportunities to get scholarships and all the different levels of ball and what you have. And to me, we have to feed the FCS. The FBS has to feed Division Two. Division Two has to help Divi- field Division Three as far as a financial burden that can help take it off of them. And I think we—it's it's our duty to pass that down for the betterment of the game and, and stay that way. I think that's one thing that I am strong. Now the other games—that's all have Division One games that have, you know. And then you have power. Do you have Power Five? Did you go all Power Five schedule, or do you have the FBS? Where do they make their money too? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a part of the game. We all want all the big matchups where it's, you know, Texas A&M and Alabama, Texas A&M and Florida, Texas A&M, which doesn't bother me. But your schools that aren't in those FBS Power 5, where is their financial advantage going to come from and how can they survive to be able to stay afloat? And I think you'll see some teams drop football if that doesn't happen. And then I think opportunities for kids, and I think it'll hurt the game of football.
0: If you could wave a wand, Jimbo Fisher, and have a certain number of teams part of a playoff, what number would that be?
1: Probably 16, 12 oh to 16. I love and it. And I think you'd increase players playing, no, not opting out of bowl games, playing for a championship. And I think it's a different deal. I think you know, one loss, and I love this, how much the season means. But some teams, are you got young teams, and especially now with the youth that is playing in athletics, everybody is so young. Maybe those guys struggle to begin the year, and all of a sudden they get hot and win seven in a row, and they're going into the playoff just like the NFL. How, how much more exciting is that? Do people say it's not? The season's gonna be that. I think you're gonna have more teams involved because after sometimes the midpoint of the year, there's still only six or eight teams really left for the playoff. How much exciting is that? No
0: question. I want. I want to. I want to see competition, not lobbying a group of people sitting in a on a hotel conference room making. I a agree. Decision. with you.
1: And put it on the field. Let's find out. Now you got more kids playing. You got more teams. The excitement in college football, to me, grows because you got more. Te- there's still a lot more teams with a chance. Now you got. 25, 30, 40 teams that can still get in a playoff at the end of the season. The games matter. And then you go into a playoff, and that's find out who can play. You, you And those teams that develop late, just like, you know, you want to peak your team, as, and the NFL wants to peak their team as they go in Black like Belichick does, how they peak them going in. Who can who can manage that? It's a whole different hand. And I think your TV ratings will go up. I think everything will go up.
0: And then uh, the, I guess then uh, just to finish up, um, how, how how would that affect the regular season, right? And, and I don't know if uh... – the commissioner of the SEC would want to maybe do something like that if that takes the SEC championship game out. Right? I agree, I mean, and I
1: think that's something that we have to work through. Where does the SEC championship game come into play, and can it be can that be made up in compensation through the networks or anything else? Or right. and I understand, I'm, I'm with Greg. The SEC championship game is i I've played in it many times, and it's 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 as electric as the national championship games I've played in.
0: Well. For some people in the SEC, will say they'll tell you that is the national championship game. You know?
1: Well, it has been for a while.
0: <laughs> coach, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Let's do this more often. Thank appreciate you, the call. Thank you for having me, buddy. You, you got it. It's Jimbo Fisher, head coach of Texas A&M Aggie football. You're on the program. Okay. Sixteen team playoff.
2: Uh,
0: see, see, and it's difficult to square the circle of like let's 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 play. You know. um, smaller level schools so we can trickle down like we'll pay them the playoffs right mm-hmm. and more often than not that means a w on his schedule right. um or an ass chewing uh for whatever Alabama assistant gave up a touchdown <laughs> in the first quarter of, of an eventual 62 to 3 win right. 62 to 7 win uh look is that I think we asked this of Dabo Swinney last year and he's like what are we going to play like a a 17 18 game schedule like it's professional football? Because if you want to play your own conference schedule and then you got to play a couple out of conference and then you got to play your conference championship game and then you're going to be playing 16 team would be a first round game second that'd be a four a four game gauntlet if it's 16 teams if it's 12 you've got four on a bye
2: right so three three
1: games mostly. right.
0: Yeah. Eight to four, four to two, two to one. So you're 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 kind of making it a much smaller run here.
2: But you're still looking at six. Or it would be two
0: buys. It would be two teams on a buy, and then and it would be, um, you know, what would that be? A twelve team tournament would be. Yeah, one versus. Well, you
2: could have the top four get buys, right? Then, right. You know, yeah, just what it would be. If you are a top four team, you are playing three games, but still, that's it's a still at fifteen, game, sixteen 18, games. 18, yeah, a mean, lot.
0: But if these kids are got, making money or or something like that, well, and cool. you are going to start
2: paying them, yeah.
0: that's the way this is going, guys.
2: Let's do a super league, like. Put 50 teams in there and let's go. All right,
0: 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, Jordan Palmer is going to join us. By the way, our friend Tom Posar was on yesterday, had his annual quarterback piece prior to the draft drop on NFL.com, and basically what he does is he allows scouts and general managers and executives and coaches to be unnamed and just give the unvarnished opinion of these kids, and it is um, something. interesting. Don't miss that. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets Is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial six days until the NFL draft, six days. And we'll finally get some answers. And the general sense of this quarterback class is we don't like them. That's, I think, the general (laughs) sense of this. I'm serious. Is that the shrug emoji? I think that's the general sense of it. I think you're right about that. I'm shooting it straight. And I think that's why there was a ton of quarterback movement. That you're seeing. We don't like. And and that's the thing, too, that Baker Mayfield must be sitting at home saying, I'm sitting here, you know, next to a dog that needs a belly scratch on a podcast (laughs) talking about being disrespected. And I I'm sitting here and these guys with small hands and nothing going on and nothing happening. And, you know, and, 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 uh, and, you know, kids who hardly have played a big time college football game in their lives, they're the ones that are going to get drafted. And I'm not going to get an opportunity to start in the league. Is that really what's happening? Like that's what he must be thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the scouts thinking? What are the general managers thinking? What are the coaches thinking? Well, my friend Tom Pelissero was on yesterday's mm-hmm. program, uh, two days ago actually, he called in twice because the whole Debo Samuel news broke after he hung up the phone with us. Um, he, every year for NFL.com, gives uh, speaks to all tons of executives and coaches and coordinators and scouts. He gives them the opportunity to look out, to say what they feel about these players or what their evaluation is of these players behind the scenes. Um, and um, they get to have anonymity. Off the record. A lot of people kind of don't like this because they think that this is all lying, that they're just putting stuff chum in the water, hoping that the kid drops for their team, that they're just trying to work the game, work the refs here a little bit. Or they're giving you the honest assessment. So I've chosen five quotes from Tom's piece about all five quarterbacks, and he's ranked them in terms of Tom ranked these quarterbacks in terms of the feedback that he's received from everyone. Number one on the list atop this list is is Malik Willis. He's got Malik Willis number one on his list and here's a quote that uh, was said uh, about Malik Willis if you don't mind putting it up on the screen this is an unnamed AFC general manager Saying that Malik Willis, to me, he's the number one guy in the class. And for whatever people want to talk about in terms of readiness or all this other stuff, it was the same thing with Josh Allen. It was the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I think people are a little short-sighted with that kid.
2: Hmm.
0: I think that an unnamed AFC general manager. Now I saw this kid throw at the at the combine, and his deep ball out of his hand arcing into the Lucas Oil rafters and then dropping into the hands of his receiver about 60 yards down the field did in fact remind me of Josh Allen, to be very honest with you. And that's the way I feel about him as well, is there's an upside and that's why he's number one on the list. But there are some other quotes that uh, think otherwise about Malik Willis. Next one is Kenny Pickett. This is a great quote. Oh my gosh, this is great. Oh, from wow. an unnamed AFC executive, just his demeanor coming away from center how he handled everything, Pickett was the most impressive. He was the biggest guy, strongest stature. He just felt like a quarterback. But when you're then your concern is the arm. There's nothing special about it. What's he going to look like when he's getting his eh- uh, I'll say ass effing <laughs> blitzed and having to throw off platform, and he has to win with his arm only. He's mobile enough; he can move. He's not like a statue. But if you if you had an mfer play right now, if you had to have one, it's Pickett. But he doesn't have any GD upside. <laughs>
2: It sounds like Elway. So
0: that's somebody who's kind of like glowing <laughs> about him, but also like, yeah. what the damn, e- I want him to have more upside.
2: Yeah, but if you pick a guy to start right now, he's your guy.
0: Likes the toughness, Likes but tough. the arm is like if he's going to get his, you know what, blitzed.
2: Yeah, noodle arm
0: kind of, I guess. Next up on, uh, on, on the, the hit list here that's funny. Uh, is Desmond Ritter, who you know has been shooting up.
2: I like him. I think he's my guy.
0: Cincinnati, unnamed AFC executive. I want to like him more than I do. He elevated a program. He's a mobile guy. His arm's not elite. It's inconsistent as all get out, too, the accuracy and just the arm strength. But he's the one you're like, all right, maybe he's got a little something.
2: Well, extra. Intangible. Unmeasurable. I think
0: that's the general sense about him is he's got, you know, you. his team went to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And he's also, another quote was like, he's a grown-ass man. Somebody said he's got a kid, he's got a relationship, like he's an adult.
2: Mm -hmm. But you want to like him
0: more than you do. And a lot of people said that about Dak as well, by the way. Okay, next up on the list is Sam Howell of North Carolina. That's what uh, an unnamed NFC coordinator had to say about this North Carolina Tar Heel. I think he could throw it the best after Malik. I do like the way he throws the deep ball. If you look at his film from a year ago, it's a lot better than what you see from this past year, but he lost all of his players, so obviously that makes it harder on him. I just don't know what his ceiling can be. This also mirrors what his coach told us, which is like the reason why Sam Howell's not a lot uh, higher up on people's draft boards is we lost a lot of guys. We were very yeah, good. A good That's what he said. We were very good for him. Yep. Matt Corral. Let's finish up here. This one is a doozy. This one is like your unnamed special. This is your anonymous special. I don't know. Oh, no, this could be it. An unnamed AFC quarterback oh, coach. Geez. <laughs> Talking about Corral's tape from Ole Miss. It is Lane Kiffin Gimmick S. <laughs> I know the numbers and the completion percentage is high. It's a lot of bubbles and short little quick things. I can see where you could easily say mechanically and aesthet- aesthetically meant. He can look really pretty throwing. it. It's a nice tight spiral. He turns the ball over, and look, he's athletic, man. He gains yards running for it, but he has some accuracy issues. Even the ones that are completions are back or a little off. He's the type of player that I could put together 25 plays, and you'd be like, well, S, let's sign him. And I could put another 50 plays, and you'd say, no effing way.
2: Wayne <laughs> <laughs> Kiffin gimmick, S. That's
0: great. It's an interesting piece. I'll tell you that's that. Great. that's great. and put it all together, and it's just like anybody's guess who can who it's, it's who you like and who you're going to bet on, and it looks like Malik Willis going in is that guy, and if not, it's Kenny Pickett and everyone else you might see wait till Friday night, maybe somebody gets into that first round and get that fifth year yeah. of contractual yeah, 30, control. 30, I 30 don't months. know. Yeah. Um, but Baker Mayfield's got to be sitting at home saying,
2: like, come on. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's go. And tell Cleveland, you just eat, eat the money. like yeah, Make the deal. Make the deal. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. And so somebody could take their question mark about one of these kids off the board and put Baker there. But then, of course, you don't get somebody younger. You don't get the contractual control. You also might not get the Baker, whatever's going on with Baker.
2: But if Baker's healthy, I mean... Baker's got a
0: big arm. He's accurate. That's the decision everybody's got to make if you're in the quarterback market for this year's draft, which I think you would prefer deep down not to be. But I do love Malik Willis a lot. Jordan Palmer is an expert on this very subject. He's coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. How about those quotes from Pellicero's piece, huh? It's funny. You could see the reaction to it. Thing, you could yeah. see the reaction to it online. A lot of people are like, "This is you know, you're letting people spew. You, they, they don't have to put their name on it. They're all you know." But that's kind of the point. It's fun. I, I,
2: It's a fun piece. I.
0: It's a great read. Oh, I, I, I love it. It is I a great read. Like this. It's a great read because Tom speaks to everyone. He speaks to a. He speaks not like saying nobody else does. He speaks to everyone, and he's been taking these notes for quite some time. And I wanted to give you, you know, I could have cherry picked positive quotes for each one of them. I picked the ones that I think leapt out at me to be the most interesting quotes for each kid. And then um, leave you up to your devices to figure out what you make of the entire thing. And what I make of the entire thing is nobody's really in love with anybody. There's nobody where you're like, that's sure fire. But I I found it interesting that somebody's like, hey, what you're saying about Malik Willis, same thing, Josh Allen. Same thing Mahomes. Although Mahomes yeah. was from Texas Tech. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Willis is Liberty. I mean, Which Liberty is... played Ole Miss, and you heard Lane basically say he, we were pretty impressed by him and with him.
2: Yeah, Liberty played Syracuse and lit him up.
0: Well, that's your doing.
2: Because well, yeah, ever since
0: I, we I, had Dino Babers right. come on to the wish Bush. you a happy that's birthday.
2: True. That was also just my way of saying that no. I saw him play. Understood. No, and, and he looked
0: yeah. – I'm telling you, man, the way that That's ball good. flew out of his hand at the combine, it was like, whoa. It was like, well,
2: wow. It was that is wow. an interesting note, though, about Allen and Mahomes. Just that, you know, people were saying the same things. I mean, look, Mahomes sat a whole year, and Allen has had kind of the greatest leap from year one to year two, year two to year three, now MVP Super Bowl What a dream.
0: What a dream. Congratulations, Bills fans. You got him. You got your guy. And he's, you know, he's just a good dude, too. Also, the problem
2: to, is, too, with, with this, is there's so much pressure to play these quarterbacks right away and have that success Well, you in better not contract. expect it this time around. Right. But there's, people are less patient than to just wait and let these guys develop and become who they eventually will be as professionals.
0: Well, it's going to be lit when the Packers trade into the first round and don't take a wide receiver <laughs> take one of these quarterbacks. That's going to be a great moment in the draft. jordan palmer and what's more likely in your phone calls hour two